man walks down the street, he says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well-lit door. Mr. Beer Melly, Beer Melly, get these mutts away from me. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, the AP18 himself. That's Alex Mistrell. How you doing, Alex? Good. You can just call me Al. <laughs> just call him Al. To my left, that is him, the G-Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Wednesday Comics Podcast is a comic book podcast coming at you weekly, uh, usually dropping on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. You don't want to be careful. I can get around to it. All right? Keep your pun... Uh, uh, panties in a bunch or underwear whatever you choose um and um we're here to tell you about the comics coming out for this week and also review some comic books that came out last week uh and also we uh, like to interact with you the fans and i i want to start the uh, podcast by apologizing uh our secretary at uh uh 605-215-1849 the old secretary over there our uh attendant you know the front desk attendant uh, was not forwarding the voicemails to us, and so I have five of them in here, and uh, it turns out uh, one of these is two months old, and so we're going to be very timely with our answer to this, but um, uh, once again, she has been let go, and uh, we did hire her twin sister instead. I know that might cause some some chaos at Thanksgiving, but you know it's a hard time right now. People need jobs, and she needed a job, so... Uh, well, at least uh, me and her can uh, laugh out being the better twin, so. <laughs> She's actually younger, the younger twin. What? But then again, you can never <laughs> you can never judge it by who's the older or the younger one. Uh, the one that we just fired, her name was Cora, uh, and now uh, Greta came on board, so. <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, keep it G, keep it G. So here's our uh, first... <laughs> Um, our first voicemail. Uh, we'll go through this now. Hey, Wednesday Comics. Uh, Tom here from a comic book look. Hope everybody's doing well. Just listening to your episode, and you guys are discussing discussing strange adventures. And I have to say, I agree with you guys that this book is just next level good. Ten out of ten. Um, and the, everything else that DC's putting out is basically trash. I can't believe you like that uh, dark metal. It's terrible. But um. Anyway, back to Strange Adventure. Garrett, uh, this is for you, man. I can't believe that you're still on, you know, his his side. I mean, the the Adam Strange is definitely, there's some shady stuff going there. I mean, clearly his wife has some ulterior motives and doesn't, you know, she's constantly, like, smoking cigarettes and stuff, so you know she's a bad person. And then, uh, not... not to hate on all the big smokers out there. I'm just saying, in comics, that's usually what that means. And then, you know, there's always just some shady stuff. Why Why can't Mr. Terrific look through the other files? Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, it's because those guys are hiding some real shady stuff. What happened to his daughter? Hmm? Anyway, love your guys' uh, podcast. Can't wait for the next one, and uh, keep it comics. Uh, so there was a voicemail from Tom of a comic book look. Uh, like I said, two months old, August 13th, uh, right in the morning, right before noon, 15 before the lunch hour, and uh, calls us, leaves that voicemail. Now, Alex, you're going to have to refresh my memory. Since that came out in August, have we read another issue of Strange Adventures? 
I'm pretty sure one, we have. One has came out, right? Yeah. It was the one where we got a lot of stuff of them locked into that, that rock thing, that rock jail. Uh, yeah, we did. We got one more after that. So, uh, you know what, actually, though, but we still haven't really figured out if they're good or bad. Uh, as Tom points out, smoking cigarettes usually means you're a bad person uh, <laughs> in the comic book world. And uh, and so, Garrity came at you that you're still on their side. Uh, uh, at this point from the last issue, I mean, obviously, Tom only had the issue that he had just read to go off of, and you have an issue since then. Uh, are you still on their side fully, or uh, what's going on there? Um... I think Adam Strange is going a little nuts now. Now I would say it's not outside their own possibility that he actually did it and then just like something happened to him and he forgot. You know, he got Zeta beamed a couple too many times and he's like, whoa, I accidentally killed somebody. And maybe he accidentally killed his daughter too. So maybe he's been the bad guy this entire time. Do you guys ever read The Jaunt, The Jaunt by Stephen King? Nope. Nope. Uh... So that Zeta beam reminds me of a jaunt. <clears throat> um, uh, I don't know if it works the same way, but basically there's a new transportation system that's made. I don't want to tell you the story. It's a good story. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. But, I mean, it's very scary on how that works. Uh, and so when you said that, Garrett, that it might be messing with his brain, uh, it is possible. And uh, it could be doing something to him that we don't know about. And uh, one too many of those jaunt, uh, those uh, Zeta beams. Zeta? Zeta beams. Uh, and then you, you know, it's kind of almost kind of like concussions, you know, you have to kind of settle down can't do too many in a row. And he obviously was doing them back to back, even though, what was the time frame, Alex? Do you remember how long did they go? They come was, around. Was that like a week? Based on the Superman on how long it's going to take? I think so. You're right. Like a weekly bus stop. Yeah. So, uh, there you go, Tom. There's from that. We, uh, I do see Tom called again since then. So maybe we'll get an update on that. Here we go. Uh, another one here from... September 11th, uh, 8.53 a.m., right in the morning, right before the 9 o'clock hour, before the run. Uh, here we go. Hi, uh, first-time listener, long-time caller, Sergeant America! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> hey, a little food for thought for you guys. Luther is a Batman villain. Hear me out? Uh, as we know, uh, Gotham and, uh, not Smallville, what I want to say, Metropolis, basically across the river from each other in some <laughs> continuity or close to, as we, main, as we mainly know. Um, so, I mean, that proximity, two of the richest people, you know, you can argue over who's richer, Luther or Wayne. Um, both of them survive solely by their intelligence and wit. Both of them are not metahuman. They're just solely men, uh, you know, the ultimate good of the Wayne Foundation, the ultimate evil of Luther Corps. I mean, he's totally wasted on Superman. Uh, Garrett will admit to that. Uh, this is truly uh, a Batman villain. I mean, he is somebody who is a, a megalomaniac. Somebody who's obviously mentally incapacitated. Um, and, you know, and that's just Batman. <laughs> I mean, uh, Luther is, is, is just crazy or wanting to take out somebody. He's always trying to crush other people, buy out other corporations. It's truly got to be that. It's Batman versus Luther, Wayne Foundation versus Luther Corps. That's my word of the day. Sergeant America, catchphrase. 
Mm. You know, there are some uh, animated episodes uh, in the Justice League where uh, Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor do go head to head. So not like fighting, but like corporate wise. Um, So and obviously Superman corporate. uh, He almost he almost got bat branded. So corporate espionage. Yeah, sort of. Maybe. Uh, since this point, uh, at, well, this came in at 8.53 a.m., like I said it before, so, uh, I know the Sarge does, uh, either overnights or mornings, so he must have been still on overnights. Uh, I did see on his YouTube page, if you go there, uh, go to YouTube and look for Sarge America, uh, he's re, uh, uh, getting his collection together and putting it in order, and he was doing that one morning, um, which, you know, Alex, you had mentioned to me, you know, our collection videos, and uh, I don't know where they happened to them. They went, the, the internet devoured them somewhere. Uh, and so they're out there somewhere. I'm not sure where they are. Um, but, uh, you know, you they guys. Might be, they might be on our Facebook page. Maybe. I know I know that we did one on Twitter, we did one on Facebook, and then we did like one on YouTube. So I think they're actually all over the place. Um, and then I tried to put them all together, and I, but I think I just left them where they were. Uh, but, uh, you know, so Alex still grows his collection. Right, Garrett, you kind of yeah. ha- you kind of like we'll say you dial it down by thirty three percent, and then you started getting digital for the rest of it. And me, I just went full digital. So my my uh, stacks have not really changed since then. Um, so guess what? All my new comics I made in the last year organized. You know, alphabetical Ooh. if I wanted, by date if I wanted. Uh, I got it all together. Don't fucking lie to us. Because <laughs> they're digital, and I can just <laughs> you. You can't do this to us. You tell this this every year. No, I every don't. Year, I don't mean the. Thing. No, I don't mean not, the old. Stuff. No, not not his legitimate books. No, the digital his online oh, books. The digital stuff books. is organized. Ah. He's full of shit. You know. You know he didn't organize <laughs> that shit. There'd be days I'd come over to Marvin's house, and that would be my project. We'd be sitting in his office or sitting in whatever whatever room he had the books in, and I'm looking through them, and then I start organizing, and then I'm like, oh, we should get boards and bags. And I'm boarding and begging, and I'm doing this thing, going, "What the fuck am I doing? I don't do this at my own house, boarding and begging my shit." Um, I did confirm yeah. Marvin and my collection from 2016 are both on Facebook. I do not know where Alex's is. Lost. I think his is on Twitter. So okay. uh, I will check our Twitter page to see if it's on there. But uh, which I don't think there's a good way to see those videos on Twitter. You actually have to go back. Uh, I think if you click on media and then go back, it'll be shorter, but you have to go back to that date, whatever date it was. So uh, here's the next one here. Just repost it. So we uh, are, are, uh, I don't hire our receptionist or attendant directly. I go through a little uh, company called Google and um, this uh, Google uh, tries to, she tries to transcribe this, uh, um, Greta tried to transcribe Actually, this would have been Nora. This is before you know I let her go. Uh, I try to transcribe what this voicemail said, and I believe it's Tom from a comic book look again because it says, "Hey, Tom from a comic book," and it says, "Look here." So, Tom from a comic book look here. Okay, gotcha. Hey, Tom from a comic book look here. Just chiming in on uh, this month's uh, book club. Listen, this is a book club one. I should see. Look at this. I, I did not notify me of this book club. That's why she's gone. Nora, and I just want to let I thought it was Cora. Oh, Cora, excuse me. Yeah, you know what? She's gone. No more Cora, all right? That's why I said Nora. (laughs) I just shortened it up. Nora's never been on this show. Club book. 
I gotta say, guys, um, you know that Bendis run is is always talked about, but I hated it all the way through. Um, even Dark Avengers, I, I mean, I hated that more than anything. And it, it only gave me and John a, a show at the time made me want to tell everybody how much I hated it. He want to tell everybody how much he loves it. So I did like that part about Dark Avengers, but um, I was reading all of these. It was kind of like when I was uh, first getting into comics, heavily reading comics every Wednesday. I was picking these up because I figured I had to read Avengers. I mean, I, I don't like it so much that I just haven't even picked up an Avengers book in so long. Because, you know, this whole entire run was so stinky. Uh, yeah. One out of whatever ten, uh, on the, your rating scale, you know, a comic book look for life, love with the comics later. Um, now that he mentions that, I do remember a comic book look when they first started. Uh, they, f- they started out a comic book show on YouTube based over their fact that Tom did hate Dark Avengers. And uh, and John loved it, and uh, uh, so Tom is a long time Bendis hater. Uh, and uh, like I said, we were just giving Bendis a fair shake. I went back to something that you know, rose colored glasses. I remember liking at the time. And uh, if you listen to that show, I think we all agreed it was not good. So, um, uh, but like I said, also on that show, I think I remember saying it gets better. But I guess according to Tom, it doesn't. So uh, I don't know if we pushed anybody to uh, continue reading that. But uh, according to Tom. Not so good. But then once again, like I said, rose cutter glasses. But then again, if I went back and read them, maybe I don't like them now. But I remember enjoying it at the time. So, um, well, thanks, Tom, for that. Uh, like I said, brought back some memories from you and John uh, fighting over that book. I know John loves Dark Avengers. He, like, he has the uh, first cover like blown up and framed, and he has everything Dark Avengers, which they kind of try to did uh, do... I think they wanted to do that in the MCU, the Dark Avengers, but they don't have as many, they don't have a good villain base to do that, right? Like, I feel like most, I was having this conversation, and actually I'm, I'm curious what you guys' take is on this. Most of the MCU villains are not good. Like, you have, they don't stay villains. Well, yeah, yeah, you have Loki, and he did not stay a villain. So he's a good character now because he has you know, all these sides to him, but he didn't stay a villain. He has to become an anti-hero to be interesting at all. He's not interesting. He's not interesting at all in that first movie. Um, he is interesting in the second movie a little bit because he does kind of help Thor. Uh, Thanos is definitely the best one, but he also got what all the movies to grow in. <laughs> like he's in every single one, at least like in some sort of small sequence uh, or something about him. And I think that's it. Right. Who else? There's, there's, there's decent. Vi- I mean, I think Killmonger's a decent villain. Killmonger, yeah, yeah. Get killed you're, off. Right. you're right. He's good. And like Bucky, uh, once again, it's just like a. It, as the villain part was not good, but he's. I think he's a good hero character, obviously. Uh, but like the villain portion of that is not even played that much. He's just like this mysterious killer guy, um, in the movie. So, anybody else? Like they ruined. They ruined fucking Malekith. Ruined. Uh, I think oh, Vulture's so a good bad. one. Which one? Yeah. I think Vulture, I think the Spider-Man villains actually are pretty decent. Mysterio, um, Mysteri- Vulture, I actually enjoy Vulture. I actually don't think Mysterio was that good in that movie. Um, oh. I mean, I think the problem is that if you're someone who, much like us, already knew that Mysterio's a bad guy, so when the twist comes and he has screwed over Peter Parker... It's not a surprise. I well, just kept waiting for that moment to happen. I don't even think that, though, Alex, because we thought he was in a different multiverse, so he could have been good. 
because uh, no. they. <laughs> this is the world's greatest detective right here. I told you right now. That dude's a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Mysterio that I never liked is that, or at least in that movie, I did. I think. I think as an actor, uh, that Jake Gyllenhaal definitely pulled off that movie. Uh, I do think he's an entertaining, but he also he doesn't feel like any kind of threat really to Spider-Man. Like it feels like Spider-Man kind of figures out how to take him out once he finds as a villain. Cause he doesn't get revealed as a vid- villain to like halfway, maybe three fourths the way. And then it's kind of like one scene after that, he gets taken out. So, um, Vulture, I will agree with Peter Vulture. took a train to the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with Vulture. Vulture is good. But then again, he, like, um, where is he at? You know what I mean? He's in prison. He's, he's, he's going to show up in the Morbius movie. Duh. <laughs> oh. Keep it connected. What else? Ultron, they fucking ruined. <laughs> they ruined Ultron. They ruined Malachi. Even though I love James Spader doing the voice. They ruined Ronan. Is ruined from that Guardians movie. He's not like that at all. And they just made him like... Ego's good, but dead. Who? Kurt Russell. Good choice. Oh, Ego. Ego. Yeah, he was pretty great, to be honest. Good choice. Just He's dead. Yeah, he's Everyone's dead. dead. You know what I thought you said um, in Ghostbusters? What, what's that guy's name in Ghostbusters, Garrett? Uh, I don't know what Egon. you're talking about. Egon. I thought you said Egon. Egon. And I was like, is, the fuck are you talking about? That's Ghostbusters, baby. We ain't talking Ghostbusters. Is that Ghostbusters. from Ghostbusters 2? It's from the first one. It's it's uh, Harold Ramis. Uh, glasses. Oh. Um, that's his name. Garrett, Corey would know that. It's been a long time since I've seen the original Ghostbusters. It's been a long time. How long? A while? You, you, you <laughs> didn't you dress up like a Ghostbuster? A long time. A while? Didn't you dress up like a Ghostbuster for for Halloween? Like okay. five hey, years. That ago? I was in college sophomore year, and I was drunk off my ass. So, so you not... you don't remember what you dressed up as? No, I, I was Vankman, of course. I know who they are, but okay. So here, let's let's run through the list quick of the what six main Avengers: Iron yeah, Man, what, Captain Iron Man, the first Hawkeye, Iron Man movie, Black Widow. Missing two other Hulk and someone else. <clears throat> well, here's the thing: the Dark Avengers is Norman Osborn, not around. I mean, if we want to count, do we want to count them as he's a Spider-Man, Norman? That's around for like two seconds. Um, you remember that horrible shit? Um, <laughs> hey, there's a good chance he might come back, and they're bringing Jamie Foxx back. So, uh, <laughs> multiverse. Maybe we get Tobey Maguire back too. Uh, the you get Willem Dafoe. Uh, Hawkeye is Bullseye in that movie. No Bullseye. Well, actually, didn't Bullseye is dead, right? From this TV series. But you could get Taskmaster, who yeah. could have learned abilities. I guess. Uh, Venom. But Venom is, I guess he's he could be part of that universe to bring him in. But in the, his movie, he's a good guy. So he would have to turn to a bad guy. I don't know how that works. Uh, Carnage, baby. <laughs> I guess you could have Carnage instead. But uh, he's meant to look like. And then you have, who's the girl? God, who the fuck is that? She's pretending to be Miss Marvel. Um, is it? Um, it's not Star. You know what? Oh, I, shit, I got a fucking computer in front of me. Why am I guessing here? The dark. Yeah, but I can't remember. I thought it was Magpie, and I don't think it's Magpie either because she's from Batman. <laughs> dark <laughs> Avengers is. I think we've gone down a dark rabbit hole. We have, and I will move on after this. Um, Ares, yeah, Ares pretends to be Thor. Captain Marvel. Uh, pretends to be... Who does he pretend to be? Hawkeye pretends... Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Bullseye. Um, 
Superior, that's who it is. Pretends to be uh, Miss Marvel. Um, you can make it with Dark Avengers out of other characters. Just got to resurrect some dead people in the MCU. Hey, like I said, I think Taskmaster is another clone of Black Widow. So, Oh, and Dakin pretends to be Wolverine. That's right. And the original oh, yeah. like, one. So. Oh, no, Moonstone. That's, that's who it is. Captain Marvel was played by Moonstone originally. Yeah, that's right. You had to cast a young Norman Osborn because he's a man. <laughs> son. Anyways, Dark Avengers, I remember liking at the time, but once again, rose-colored glasses. It was one of the first things that I read, but it sounds like it's one of the... Actually, not one of the first things that Tom read, but one of the times he started getting into weekly... You know, me too, though. Like, that's... It's not one of the first things I read, but one of the first things I started getting weekly, like, started getting comics every Wednesday. Um, but then again, I, I think I was just the kind of guy who was, like, happy to be getting comics and getting into comics, so... And also, that might have paid a little bit of... Um, you know what? I'm going to go against that. Tom, I think Dark Avengers is good. I'm going to go back and reread it. <laughs> you're going to read and find out shit, and you're like... Mm, stand corrected. All right, here's another one. We'll see what happens. Hey, Wednesday Comics. Uh, Tom from A Comic Book Look here. Just listening to you guys talk about the issue two and the three Jokers. And how Marvin brings up how um, Jason Todd isn't necessarily evil, you know, so how could have Batman helped him? But I think what, you know, Johns was going with when he was writing this is like, um, you could have told, you can tell though that ever since Jason Todd came back that there was something off. I mean, maybe there was even something off when he was Robin. Um, that, you know, he, he did feel like he was going, when he came back, he was, he's been on a downward path. Maybe he hasn't gone fully evil, but he's been on this path of, you know, not being on the right side all the time. And now this, this, you know, him killing the Joker is the thing that kind of completely puts him off the ledge and makes him, you know, evil at that point. So I agree that he hasn't been completely evil, but what Batgirl's trying to say to Batman is, hey, yo, Batman, help him out a little bit here. I mean, clearly he's struggling. He's struggling emotionally. Batman thinks he's going to be able to get every get over it, and no, dude, he can't. And now he's carrying this years and years later. He finally is going over the edge. Anyway, that's my take. Love the show. Later. <clears throat> Tom. I hate to do this to you because uh, you've been consistent about calling, but I'm going to disagree. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't think it's been the first time that Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, because I have a horrible memory, but I feel like this is not the first time since Jason Todd has came back from Red Hood as Red Hood that he's seen the Joker. Like, he's had other opportunities to do something like this. The dude carries around a gun. And uh, I just feel like it's weird that also now he has this issue where he can't get over what the Joker did, but it's like in continuity, it's so much lighter and he's had Apple opportunity to act on this. And if it was something where he snapped because he saw the Joker, like wouldn't have that happened before. Like this isn't the first time they've had an interaction since then. Well, I think in this black label tale, you know, it's kind of its own continuity. Or that's what, that's what I said. Remember? That's what I said on the show. I was like, it has to be yeah. its own kind of continuity. And that's the way I'm going to read it because it feels weird to be like, Oh, Jason, like, he was always on the edge and he saw the Joker and that's what brought him back and that's why he killed him. But it's like, dude, I'm pretty sure that dude's seen him since then. Yeah, he's gotten through it like in the main continuity. So I think this is like a fresh take. Um, you know, and obviously all the uh, terror that Joker brings in that three Jokers storyline, you know, would bring anyone back to a moment of if Joker had tortured me mercilessly. Um, so... Sorry, mercilessly, I can't say it. Um, 
And uh, I think that would help him, like, give him PTSD at least. Um, but, yeah, to say that, like, it's still so fresh just hearing Joker's name, you know, I don't I don't think where Jason Todd is in the comics currently is at that point. But I do kind of like the idea of this being a raw Jason just trying to do his best as Red Hood, um, but then kind of going down this dark path because the Joker's back in town. You know, um, what if it's another Jason? Because we got three Jokers. What if it's the two Jasons? And he's locked Ooh. up somewhere. So, could be. <clears throat> Alex, what do you what do you think? You're you're a big Red Hood guy. I actually haven't read number two though. Oh, oh that's right. So, I, uh, so <laughs> I, I mean, without having read it, I can't justify any thoughts on it. All right, get back to us then. Uh, here's the last voicemail. I'll, t- I'll tell you in two weeks when I got an answer for uh, it. Here's the last voicemail. A different number than the rest of them here. Uh, like I, before the show, I looked it up. This what was it? Six one four area code. That's Ohio. Uh, Ohio. Uh, isn't that where uh, Drew Carey's from? Ohio. Uh, so here we go. Here's Ohio. Hey, this this is uh, for Wednesday Comics. Um, this is my name is Theodore. I'm calling because I heard you want the money. You're gonna brand Garrett. Well, I got left a lot of money in a trust, and so I can only use it. To make people's lives better, and so and I and and so I gotta give it to you. So I'm gonna donate later, but please make sure to record it. That's all. Hey. What? <laughs> okay, guys, I think we gotta. Hey, first, he's gonna pay us some money for that brand. All right. Um, at first, when it started, Marvin, I actually thought you faked a call, and it was you. And then the longer it went, I thought, no, Marvin. Could... What happened, Alex? <laughs> yeah, you cut I out. can barely hear what that person said. You cut out there, Alex. What did you just say? Oh, I said I thought it was you at first, Marvin. And then what? It's longer, longer went on. What happened? The lo- the longer it went on, the I could, I didn't think you could hold your voice that high for that long. No. Oh. Uh, Do you have the transcript? There? Yeah, yeah. Hi, my what name the is. What hell? Okay, go ahead. Uh, Wednesday Comics. This is my name is Theodore. I heard you want to make sure. This is like I don't think this is exactly what you said. Uh, want to make sure you're going to brand Garrett. Uh, I got a lot of money in a trust. Uh, I can only use it to make people's lives better. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, it's. It says it's out. I don't think that's what they said, though. And I feel like I should give it to you later, but can you make sure to record it? Okay, bye. But here, we'll start again real quick. Hey, this, this is uh, for Wednesday Comics. Um, this is my name is Theodore. I'm calling because I heard you want some money. You're going to brand Garrett. Well... I got left a lot of money in a trust, and so I can only use it to make people's lives better. And so, and I, and and so, I gotta give it to you. So I'm gonna donate later, but can you make sure to record it? That's all. There you go. Guy's gonna donate a thousand dollars so we can get Garrett branded. <clears throat> you know, we never looked to see how much that cost. I, I doubt it costs more than a thousand dollars. 
<laughs> so. I think we could make it cost free. We could make our own brand. That's what I've been saying the whole fucking time, bro. And you said no. You said we can't. We have to do a professional, so it doesn't get infected. Yeah. Hey. We'll, see. well anyway, <laughs> this guy only called on Monday. Uh, I have not checked our donations yet, so it could be in there. Uh, Garrett, what do you say? I know you're going to take a trip this weekend. What do you say before you go? Uh, we get that brand. Ooh, it's going to be kind of warm this weekend, so I don't want to like get a skin irritation because you know it's a lot of heat. So oh, you probably do have to like put it like a some sort of ointment on it and keep it covered for a while. Well, you know, I don't think there's a lot of people that get branded, so I don't know if there's a d- exact science, but yeah, you got to keep it cool. I know yeah. they did on Jackass. Uh, Bam got branded. It looked like it hurt a lot. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be like a second to third degree burn, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever, you know, we got a good healing factor, right? <laughs> yeah, especially on my ass. Since <laughs> so I can get a skin graft from your brother. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, I'll check the donations oh. later and we'll get that sorted out. Uh, we will record it, though, Theodore. We will record it for you. Uh, put it on our YouTube page, so there you go. Uh, here we go. Wednesday comics forecast. The only comic books coming out uh, for the 13th and 14th of October 2020. Uh, we'll start first with DC Comics. What's wrong, Garrett? I didn't say anything. Oh, you did gave a heavy sigh. I thought maybe, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, you nervous about that brand? You didn't think anybody would donate. That's why. <laughs> no comment. Here we go. Dark Knights Death Metal number four. Uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman are trapped in nightmare worlds with the uh, dark multiverse. They'll need to face down their fiercest foes once again if they hope to accomplish their mission and bring back a power capable of stopping the darkest night. But what horrors has he unleashed on Earth while they've been locked away? Uh, this is Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, uh, Ivan, nope, 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 Jonathan Glassman, and uh, yeah, I think it is Ivan Placentia. So there we go. Uh, the uh, fourth issue in the Dark, Dark Knight Death Metal uh, looking forward to that. Garrett, what do you think? The death metal. Death metal's been awesome. Uh, I don't know what was going on with just Dark Knight's metal, but this story is so much better, and I think it's just a little more fleshed out. Um, there are a lot of one-shots coming out right now, and I have read uh, several of them, and I think that adds to the story. But, yeah, I'm super excited to read issue four, because there are only six issues, I believe. Maybe eight. Uh, I, thought was, I thought it was seven. Seven? Okay. I thought well, it was seven. Well, still, to be basically at the halfway point, uh, the story's been awesome. Uh, it's been heavy, dude. And, hey, uh, Tom obviously disagrees with us. We're enjoying it, but uh, Tom from Comic Looks said he is not. So, uh, you know what? Might be a preference. Uh, you know what? It's fair, though, actually. I'm not fair, but um, f- actually fair to us. Uh, we have not enjoyed everything that Scott and Greg has done together. We didn't enjoy the last one. So it's not like it's just because they're on it. We're not fanboys of those two. Uh, or even like DC. We'll we'll call it down the line if we have to. But I just find it enjoyable. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's so fucking out there uh, and there's a lot of shit going on. So obviously, I mean, obviously, like uh, Alex had just said, it's going up to seven. So it has halfway to go still. And so that could not be as great. So we'll see. I uh, I think the fact that they it is so far out there because metal just seemed like it, it felt like it had to be stringent, and yet it tried to be weird, but it didn't embrace the weird. Where um, heavy metal just feels weird to be weird, and that's what's so enjoyable about it. There's no rules for it other than what has already been set out there. There we go. Uh, next up on the docket, Rorschach number one, Tom King. Jorge Fornes. 
uh, in this uh, new miniseries, one of 12, maxi-series, excuse me, uh, Ryder Time King joins forces with Jorge Fornes on this new miniseries that explores the mythic qualities of one of the most compelling characters from the best-selling graphic novel, Watchmen. It's been 35 years since on-demand Ozymandias dropped the giant interdimension squid, interdimensional squid on New York City, killing thousands and destroying the public's trust in heroes once and for all. And since that time, one figure and a fedora, mask and trench coat, have become a, device, a divisive culture icon. What does it mean for Rorschach as he reappears as an assassin trying to kill a candidate running against President Robert Redford? Who is the man behind the mask and why he's why is he acting this way? It's up to one detective to uncover the true identity of the would-be killer, and it will take him into a web of conspiracies involving alien invasions, disgraced do-gooders, mystic visions, and yes, comic books. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Rorschach number one. I I think there's no one else that I'd rather have do a Rorschach book than Tom King. Uh, Tom King really does know how to write a 10-issue, 12-issue, 6-issue, whatever amount that he needs to tell a story, excluding uh, the Batman. I, I don't agree with that. 85 issues of his book, but whatever. Anyway, I'm excited for this 12-issue run. I think it's going to be one of those really, uh, ins- not inspiring, but eye-opening books that either makes me feel something that I haven't felt before when it comes to reading books, uh, much like Strange Adventures is great, Vision was great, uh, what was the other book he did? Mr. Miracle is, is fantastic. I think this book stands a chance to be just as strong as those other three items. I will say Jorge Frornes, uh has been one of my uh, favorite artists. I do love his style. Um, who's the colors on this? Dave Stewart. Um, amazing Dave Stewart. Um, uh, the preview looks fucking fantastic. And um, I just can't wait to uh, read this issue. Um, like Alex said... The man on a maxi series. That's I think that's his fucking like uh bread and butter. Bread and butter. Like the man knows what to do with twelve issues. Speaking of which, Strange Avengers number six, issue six of twelve. Uh how determined is Mr. Terrific to find the truth? The answer becomes more challenging as the world starts to turn against him. The whole world. Adam Strange is a hero who can save the earth from an alien invasion. And who is Mr. Terrific? To say otherwise, the extent of the denial is only only makes the man more suspicious. Not the war mongering uh, peaks. I forgot how do you say that again? P y k k s peaks. Whatever. Peaks. 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 Uh, care one way or another. Strange is to be believed. They only have one thing on their mind: taking over the planet. Adam and his wife beat them back once before, and the key to doing it is to dig into the past that Mr. Terrific is so hell-bent on destroying. So that's what, actually, that's what happened in the last issue. We got the story inside the rock, and then we had news that they were invading Earth now. So, And they got put in charge of a coalition force. And we did see, we did see uh, his wife um kind of use that power to get what they wanted. Once again, Tom King, Mitch Garretts, and Evan Doc Shanner uh doing the art and writing for this book. Gary, what do you think here? Strange Avengers. Strange Adventures has been so much fun and like I think that's what we love with Tom King. He always does these uh great stories on these characters that uh aren't really A list. Um they I don't know. I mean, like they would just don't get a lot of diving into their uh, character. So 
Um, I think that this has been fun to explore those kind of other characters that you don't get to spend as much time with in the DC universe. Um, also while unraveling a fun science fiction mystery. And I think, you know, now that you read that description, what if it was a picked like with Adam Strange's like skin that killed somebody. So the guy thought like everyone thought it was him that actually killed him, but it wasn't actually Adam Strange. You know, so many, uh, so many theories. Garrett says the fun mystery, you know, of murder um, and possible genocide. So, <laughs> well, it is a fun mystery. It's fun to read and unravel what's going on. So, yes, you can twist it any way you want. That genocide already happened in this story. So, DC, you know, we know they're going to stop it. Uh, DC, you don't know. Uh, oh, D- I do too. Are this is this book considered in continuity? I don't think it is. No. So, I mean, it could not. I guess. DC, The Doomed and the Damned, number one. Uh, Ten twisted team-ups straight from your nightmares. I won't read the synopsis because there's a bunch of different stories in the synopsis. Instead, what I'm going to read is the creative teams contained within and their stories that they're going to be writing. Uh, it looks like this is your Halloween uh, special. Uh, we have uh, Madame Xanadu and Man Bat in Grief's Quiet Name by John Akurda and Mike Perkins. Uh, Saladin Ahmed and Leonard Manko and Batman Urban Legends. Green Lantern in the Shadow of a Coast City by Kenny Porter and Riley Rosmo. Wonder Woman and Raven and Inner Demons by Ad- uh, Amanda Dibert, Dibert, uh Daniel Samprey. Solomon Grundy and Raoul Al Ghul in Seven Days by Marv Wolfman and Tom Mandrake. Superman and Swamp Thing in From Humble Roots by Amedio Totoro and Max uh, Fumari. Uh, Orphan and Orca in the Hunt by Allison Wong and Domo Stanton. Aquaman and Frankenstein in Follow the Water by Brandon Thompson. And uh, Baldemar Rivas, Beast Boy, and uh, Claridon into Beast Boys to Men (laughs) Um, by Travis Moore. And then Bayer and Darkseid and Bayer versus Darkseid by Garth Ennis and PJ Holden. So there you go, a little... Halloween special, nine ninety nine, eighty pages of content. Uh, Flash, seven sixty three. Uh, Josh and Williamson. Oh, excuse me, uh, Kevin Shinnick and Clayton Henry. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? Uh, I actually dropped the Flash, so I'm not. This is the first issue that Josh Williamson's off, and I thought his story ended. And you know, until I know someone's got like a definitive plan, uh, I'm jumping off the Flash for the time being. Hmm. Um, the preview here has uh, a Barry, uh, drama and the artist, and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see Barry. Barry's supposed to be like a slim guy, right? Yep. Uh, this guy's fucking huge, boy. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like you need to show. Us. He's like a linebacker. His head's kind of small, though. Um, is that? Holy shit. <laughs> It's a broad <laughs> chest for uh, a berry. And, that, and those legs, this guy's got to at least be seven feet. That dude's the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, that's that's how you change the character. I, I guess. Know? I mean, it's a very different kind of style from the last one. So there you go, uh, Flash. Uh, Green Lantern, season two, number eight. Uh, Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. Uh, War with the Anti-World. Uh, Gary, you still reading this? Yep. Oh, yeah. What do you think here? Uh, it's part of 12 
uh, Maxi Series. What do you think here? And I believe actually this is uh, Grant Morrison's last DC work. So, yeah, that makes it uh, even more special. Uh, I think it's gotten better since he's been like on Earth. And well, I mean, obviously he's been in space, but he's been kind of hanging out with more of his earthly allies. Uh, looks like he's going to be hanging out with the traditional kind of Green Lantern team for this uh, next issue. So, yeah, I'm excited. I can't believe uh, we only got five more issues left of Grant Morrison in the DC universe. So, uh, is that right? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Got a very different colors in this issue. Uh, Looks way different, but it's still lean and sharp, it says. So, Superman, 26. Um, Brian Michael Bennis, Ivan Rice, and Danny Mankey. Uh, what do you think here of the Man of Steel? Um, I got three words. Kaka, poo, poo. Um, it's not great. Um, there was that ad that I keep telling you guys about that had like three big arcs that are happening in Superman right now. Uh, one of them lasted one issue. The second one is this like syntax, simtar, whatever. And then the other one's in action comics and it's just so boring. I can't wait for Bendis to be out this book. Uh, let us not forget the quote on the cover, superhero of the year. So I just, it just totally is not, it is not. It doesn't say best book of the year. It just says superhero of the year, which I don't know how they determine that. Because Superman really hasn't been anything this year, so he had an animated movie, <laughs> dude. That this was on here. This has been on here since like February. <laughs> it, what it, is the news source? Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Ah, I can't trust Entertainment Weekly. I'm pretty sure also this is 2019 Superhero of the Year, so which would make more sense. Yeah. Uh, we'll check on that later. All right, let's get to uh, Diamond here. Uh, Image Comics, uh, Commanders in Crisis number one. Steve Orlando, David. Uh, Tinto and uh, Steven Sajak on the cover. The last survivors of the multiverse live among us under new superheroic uh, identities. Five survivors of Doom Worlds taking a second chance to ensure our world lives on. A new twist on a strange superhero comic, comics with bleeding eye, bleeding edge eye on modern moments. Cri- uh, Commanders in Crisis follows in the footsteps of Dorm- Doom Patrol and Thunderbolts. As five unexpected heroes come together to solve a murder unlike any other, the victim, compassion itself, this is idea side. Uh, Steve Orlando, new series by Steve Orlando and artist David Tinto, uh, an intense, weird action thrill reminding us the importance of compassion and hope in present moments and putting fist to face along the way. So there we go. A new image series uh, coming out there. Steve Orlando. Uh, yep. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm gonna check that one out. I'm I'm interested in it. Well, I mean, like you know, I need to fill my Black Hammer void. Like that book hasn't been. Uh, where's that book been? Oh, so, I forgot about that book. I don't think it's all done. I mean, I know there's other mini things coming out. There's a Colonel one coming out, and there's another uh, Martian Manhunter one. Whatever it is, it has to be in a plan break, Bar- right? Because Jeff usually is not. Yeah. Delayed. Right, I bet there's going to be like a third arc, but I'm just like, I forget everything that's going on. Last thing I had was a Justice League Black Hammer <clears throat> crossover. So, Oh, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man number 50. About that. Uh, you know what, guys? They pulled a fast one on us, but we'll get back to that in a second. Nick Spencer, Patrick Leeson, Last Remain starts here. Amazing Spider-Man reaches another landmark. And we're celebrating Spider-Style. Spider-Man just took the beating of his life and we're just getting started. 
artist Patrick Gleason's back for Amazing on Amazing Spider-Man and the saga that is Last Remains. Kindred is stepping on the stage for the first time. Spider-Man is not ready for the havoc that Kindred is going to let loose. Uh, why, what I say is that they um, <clears throat> uh, pulled a fast one on us because we had checked last week uh, when they put out the, uh, the what was it, 750 or something like that? Um, 850. 850. 850. And that one was 10 bucks. And I said, oh, next week's regular price. I guess not. Now it's 599. Um, well, still better than 10. It is, but last week it literally was normal price. <laughs> and then they really, you know what? Put two bucks in there. Um, uh, probably no change in the page count. They just put two, page, two bucks on there. So there you go. Uh, oh, how is uh, Amazing Spider Man, by the way? I've loved it. I think, uh, well, I haven't read the last issue. I read two issues ago where the main villain right now is this sin villain, and he's just this crazy, like, cultist. It's basically a cult of punishers that are just causing anarchy all over the place, and I don't know, he's pretty terrifying. So I think it's been really good, and it's actually, like, giving some good character development for Peter, uh, which I haven't seen in a while. So I'm digging Spider-Man right now. Uh, Captain America number 24, uh, one issue away from Marvel making this $17. Um, <laughs> Sinisi Coates and Daniel Alcuna, Alex Ross, all right on that cover as he's been for 24 issues. All Die Young continues, The Red Skull Lives. Uh, Daniel Alcuna, who, who was Sinisi Coates's artist on the beginning of Black Panther, joins him now on, on uh, uh, Captain America. I did not expect to see blood on red skull's hand so it kind of took my breath away um alex what do you think captain america are you getting captain america uh i'm already sold with it being daniel uh akuna on art like i already know this is gonna be an issue that i'm super amped to read uh because the art's gonna be fantastic so that's all i need to know i i didn't catch up on 23 i've been struggling with this book for a while i've stayed on it just for the fact that i i, I want a captain book because I've never stayed on one long enough to enjoy it, other than the Rick Remender one from whatever it was six years ago. Uh, but with Daniel Kuna coming on it, I'm I'm sold. I'm going to at least give this one a try. Uh, the blood on the cover, excellent, excellent. Uh, who doesn't love blood on their hands? And Red Skull. I mean, that means he's going to show up, right? Not just be a reflection in a window. I mean, uh, let's no, hope. It says Red Skull lives. It's good. He's going to brush his teeth. Look, he's, he's right just here. See the the image him? of him brushing his teeth. There you go. Yeah, right. Just see a big smile. He's right here. That's Red Skull now. He kind of bulked up. <laughs> uh, what was uh, his for name? our listeners, was, uh... I pointed to a Hulkbuster who is red for some reason and said that was Red Skull. Um, I'm looking forward to this too. I don't actually, Alex, for a million dollars, I cannot tell you what I thought of 23. And I believe we reviewed it on the show, right? Me and Garrett did. Um, no. Uh, no, I haven't read 23 yet. We reviewed 22. You know what? Then, right? The 20, 22 had the uh, Iron Patriot Sharon. Oh, okay. You know what then? Probably haven't read it. So um, <laughs> That's why I can't tell you. <laughs> what, 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 what the book was that last week where I'm like, oh, I didn't read it. Oh, Black Magic. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Immortal Hulk number 38, Al Ewing, Joe Bennett, Alex Ross. The team is back together. You know Alex Ross must make so much money off of these covers. But you know what? To his credit... To Alex's Ross's credit, all these covers are always amazing and different. It's not like he's recycling material. Uh, he is making them always having to do with what the book's about. So uh, he could very clearly just make whatever, like a Hulk whatever, 
and make money off of it, but it always has to do with whatever the storyline is. So, you know, good for him. Uh, I'm uh, doing comics, uh, doing uh, covers for Marvel and be consistent with it and uh, actually putting some effort into it. Because usually when they bring in somebody big, it's like that cover has nothing to do with what the book's about. So, um, Garrett, how's the most, uh, Mortal Hulk been? Um, you know, Mortal Hulk, I mean, I just think of the threshing place. It was that last week's review or two weeks ago? Last week, yeah. Last week. Oh, God, that was so good. And this has been really good, too. It's just the multiple personalities of the Hulk uh, is kind of hard to keep track of. Um, It seems like they're trying to work it towards consolidating back to just Bruce Banner. But um, like I see in the solicit, it's like, uh, if you try to hurt Bruce Banner, uh, the Devil Hulk takes it personally. So I'm like, oh, great. Another personality of the Hulk or Banner. So kind of getting sick of that part of the storyline but otherwise you know joe Madden on art he just adds that uh, eerie chill to the book uh and the art and then the story it is good but again i just i hate when it just gets too convoluted and like the different personalities like it's like in batman when they try to say hey this entire thing of continuity happened in five years yeah i went through three robins two batgirls uh, like 12 batmobiles in five years you know it's like Okay, maybe you're trying to do too much, but otherwise, pretty good. Moral Hulk. Uh, see, my uh, my son and I were listening to some uh, com- uh, cartoon intros, and a lot of good ones are obviously um, uh, comic book related. You know, Batman sixty six, uh, Spider Man sixties, and uh, he likes Spider Man sixties a lot because he can sing along to it and act like Spider Man. Um, and then I showed him uh, some ones from the 90s. But there's not a good Hulk one. Hulk is one of his favorite characters. There is a Hulk TV series, but it's just him, like, growling and shit. Like, why couldn't they ever make, like, a song for the Hulk? He is the Incredible Hulk. You know what I mean? I mean, it rolls off the tongue, Immortal Hulk. Because that's sad. Uh, the sad music in the TV show is the classic. I know. I was going to show him that, but I was like, there's no way he would enjoy that. <laughs> No, it would be way too slow and like the effects like to show them what is it the movie when Thor shows up or is it it's a, a it, no it's in the I think it's in the TV show but it was like an hour and uh, special or something like that um, yeah when he brings his freaking little plumber hammer I believe also uh, <laughs> Matt Murdock shows up in that same episode so a uh, oh. little daredevil uh, but he does look like the Matt Murdock that is my take on the character and not actually the uh, one that would kick your ass so um <laughs> um, but uh, you know what? Go, anybody out there make a Hulk theme? There needs to be a Hulk theme. You know, Hulk smash. You don't want to make that a song? Hulk, Hulk, Hulk like to smash. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know what that sounds like? It just sounds like you listen to Bang. <laughs> New Mutants number 13, part 7 of X of Swords. Ed Burson, Rod Rice, and Michael DeMundo. Uh, was Rod Rice one of the artists in this book prior? Yep. Oh, okay. I just can remember. Diligence, discipline, the sword of the self. Uh, I will be 100% honest, and you guys can tell me if you are caught up on this uh, event yet. I'm still a little bit behind, so I'm not sure what uh, is going on here. No, Well, I've only read part one, and the remaining six parts have come out between last week and this week. So, <laughs> no, I. Uh, to be I'm fair, <laughs> that is why I'm not also caught up. I've read one, and the rest of them I definitely have purchased, but I'm like, well, dude, there's like six of them I got to read. Five, yeah. I guess, five, obviously, that I have to read. And I'm like, uh, 
I'm just waiting for it to be put on the list so I got to catch up on it. But I'm just like, you, you don't feel like you're a quarter of the way there yet? or What was it? One, oh, here it is, right on the cover. Uh, part seven of 22. So, I mean, we're a third of the way through it, right? Almost. Yeah. Isn't it 22 oh. or 24? 22. 22. 22? Oh, okay. This is seven. Well, we're, yeah. you know, th- two weeks into it and we're a third way through it, so. Uh, Good lord. Speaking of which, Exosword's handbook, in case you're a little confused, Michael Sullivan, uh, the Hopefield team, what the heck, Roblin on the cover. Uh, the dramatic new era of mutant kind takes center stage in the official handbook. The all-new collection of X-Men-related <laughs> profiles will bring up you up to date on Apocalypse, Wolverine, Logan, uh, Magic, Rasputin, and Megan, just in time for Exosword's. This issue includes profiles for Cypher, um, uh, Mora Mag- uh, McTarrick, uh, two Captain Britons, Brian and Betsy, and Krakowitz, uh, plus the young Cable, Nathan Summers, and the X-Men. So um, I think we had actually said uh, when the first issue of this event came out, it was like, I don't think you can jump on now. I mean, you can. There's nothing that went to a joy, but you might miss out on all things. I think this is they put this out to be like, hey, catch up on what's going on. But it does seem weird to be a third of the way through it is that, hey, here's his book. <laughs> Like, do you think this was should came out the same week as Here's that characters issue? that you might need to know. Um, so there we go. It, it sounds like there's no artists on this book, so it must just be work. It just might just be uh, profiles within it. So there's a cover artist, but there's no artist. So uh, once in future number twelve, boom studios. Uh, Karen Gillan, Dan Mora, Alex. What do you think? The uh, once in future. I don't think I'm caught up yet, uh, but it's good. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed Volume 2 more than I actually enjoyed Volume 1. Uh, it just reminds me of, oof, it almost reminds me of Supernatural, the TV show. And I realize, Garrett, this isn't even a selling point for you because I know you read the first six issues or seven mm-hmm. or eight and you're not, you're not on board with it. But it just reminds me of um, both Sam and Dean running around with their heads cut off, literally or and or figuratively, who knows. And then having to figure out how to kill a monster and then being surprised when something happens with said monster uh, that blows them away. I love this book because it is so weird and it's a lot of English tales that I don't necessarily know. I may know like references of stuff, but I don't know, um, you know, how do you kill Grendel or how do you kill, I was going to say Prince Adam, but that's from He-Man, King Arthur. It's good. I really do enjoy this book. It's one of those lighthearted books. fantasy things that really isn't fantasy based outside of what monster shows up in each, each issue. Uh, there we go. Boom studios, 12 issues. And this was to be a mini, right? And they extend it to once, uh, like a full series now. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if there's an end in sight or if this is like, Hey, we're going to tell a story until we run out of things to talk about. But it was only six issues to begin with. No, go. seven, seven. Uh, yeah, Six yeah, seven. seven, whatever. Yeah, yeah, seven. Uh, Secret Seven, number three, Tom Taylor, Daniel DeNuccio. Uh, Garrett, what do you think here? The Secret Seven. Um, I love this book. I've read, what is it, the first two issues? Um, and you get to learn about, uh, oh, whatever the kid's name is that, uh, the couple gave up in the first issue. Um, and him kind of growing up in this, uh, organization that protects the seven secrets and it's pretty cool um i love the art i love tom taylor's storytelling ability and uh yeah each issue is surprising and i can't wait for this alex what do you think i'm not getting that book anymore i didn't enjoy the 
first issue, but uh, I know you liked it more than I did, right? I, I loved first issue. I haven't read the second one yet. For the record, I didn't read shit this week outside of what I had to read for the show. Uh, when I'm on vacation, I do plan on getting super caught up. Super, super caught up. Super. I'll read three books a day and be like, mm-hmm, that's more than I've read ever this year. Uh, Alex, what's going to be your pick this week? You know what? Uh, it's going to be a surprise. I was going to go with something from DC, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Captain America number 24, that uh, Akuna art. I can't turn that down. makes me super excited to go pick it up. And uh, if Red Skull even makes a good appearance in that book, I'll be content. Garrett, what do you think? Ooh, I'm probably going to say Rorschach, number one. Uh, I love that character uh, from Watchmen, and I get this is 25 years later. Um, but hopefully whoever is the Rorschach persona kind of brings some of that angst that uh, the original did. So super pumped, and uh, Tom King is going to write an excellent story about a character that doesn't get as much attention. So uh, I will agree. Uh, Rorschach number one. Also, Strange Adventures. I'll give that a nice, like, almost there, too. I think Rorschach kind of edges it out for me just because it's new. Uh, but Strange Adventures has been strong, so there's no reason to leave that out, also. So, Tom King, double Tom King. Uh, Alex, you know, um, Yo. it's getting a little colder, and I know it's what you enjoy. Uh, uh, I was curious, uh, did you have any insight on this uh, weather? Uh, obviously, it's turned to fall. Uh, we've been in fall uh, for how many days now? About uh, almost a month, uh, 10 days from a month. Yep, 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 you're right on the money. What do you think we're going to have? A dry winter this year? Uh, it turns out not much precipitation in the air, right? I think the, the, the sad thing is that we've been in such a drought that Mother Nature's going to be like, hey, by the way, we got to make up for that. Uh, so here's a 28 feet worth of snow in four months. Hopefully you guys survive it. I mean, that's that's 2020 for you right there. We're going to get to Christmas. Santa is going to be literally a real person this year. Not just a, a mystical, helpful, loving human. He's going to be a monster. He's going to be Krampus. Alex, he's going to show up. Yeah. Just to, prove, not, just to prove to the world that I know Alex Pastrello, right? When that snow for, first starts coming down, we know, right, that you're one of the guys that goes outside and you stick out your tongue to get a snowflake on it, right? You know it. <laughs> um, and he loves the winter. Uh, he, d- I mean, obviously he probably doesn't love driving in it. He's got a car that can barely make it up a hill. Uh, you know what? <laughs> good car, good car for California. Uh, in the winter here, not so good. Uh, but that's what the roads are for, and that's what Garrett failed us. Uh, he was only concerned about potholes and not concerned about making them winterized. Uh, Garrett, I don't hear it. You're already off the team. And, uh, and, uh, but that means I don't get branded. Alex does. Well, we're going to brand you a different way. Uh, Alex does like the winter for the cold walks, if I remember correctly, right? I do. I really do enjoy the cold walks. Hear me out, though. Have you ever dipped your head in a vat of water and then did a run to make your hair like turn to ice? You know, I would do it for my hair, but it's the rest of my face that would then freeze off. (laughs) No. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, well, I thought maybe we we reach. Uh, if Garrett uh, does uh, leaves town, 
uh, before the branding. We don't get that. If that maybe we have another challenge we could pay for. So <laughs> <laughs> the way the way I understood this challenge to almost turn into being you're going to handcuff me and then dunk my face in ice until I pass out. No, I'm going to dunk. I can just be dunked in a vat of water and then I'll just leave you in the middle of a park with no clothes on. So you your hair isn't freezes. that from uh, Saw Three? They might where be. she's hung up in the water. <clears throat> I think actually it's from Saw Twelve. That takes place in December. That's right. Mm, yeah. That's December. December Saw. December. Uh, RainbowComicsCards.com, your definitive source for all things comic books. So uh, pick up those, any, any of those books at your Rainbow Comics and Cards. Go to RainbowComicsCards.com for more information. A physical location in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and, and Lincoln, Nebraska. Does that mean they are only selling to those areas? Go to rainbowcomicsandcards.com for more information on how to receive your comic books in the mail, how to receive them from the USPS, uh, and uh, get your comic books. Like I said, I feel like if you're somebody who doesn't live near a comic book shop or maybe you do live in one of these areas, the quickest way to get into comic books, if that's something you're interested in, is just to jump in. There doesn't need to be a lot of research. You don't need to to invest a lot of time. What do you want to read? What genre? And then jump in and try it. Uh, you don't have to get every single issue. You can get one issue, uh, the first issue, or even like, you know, number uh, 100, which we'll talk about later here in the Batman. Uh, you can jump in anywhere. So actually, Batman, that was the end of an arc. That's a different thing. We'll talk about that later. So uh, let's start here first because actually uh, this is going to be the quickest review that we have tonight. I guarantee you it. Spy Island number two, Chelsea Kane and uh, Elise McCall. Uh, Alex, this is just me and you, right? Yes. Can I say something to you? Yes. Um, I'm out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't. I... Here's the thing with this. Go issue. on. Go on. I feel like Chelsea Kane and Elise McCall, and this same thing happened with Man Eaters. I feel like when they're actually telling me a story, I enjoy it. But once it becomes super meta and becomes trying to be like fun with, you know, fake advertisements, fake this, this and that. And then also doesn't realize that, like, I feel like the main joy of this series is the assassin part of it. And we get probably three fourths of a book about mermaids. Uh, Not that that was not like I said, they did tease that in the first issue. So we knew it was coming up. But they went full board. Like, Mermaid was like, I hope there's no mermaids in this. And they were like, fuck you. And they were like, here's, you know, 15 pages of mermaid shit. Um, was it like a like a supplemental guide kind of book? No, it was an actual comic book. But there were things in it. Like, it would stop every once in a while and show you. Like, there was three pages of a drink menu. And there would be, like, a page of an ad. Like, a fake ad for, like, the island or something like that. And which was, you know, to build the world, which that's the only thing I don't understand, Alex. And these these two series, the first one, what was it, like 12 issues, Man Eaters? 12? Yeah. And this one's going to be four. You don't, ha- you don't, the building the world is not critical to this book because you have four issues. What world are we building here? So all these little things are building something that I will be out of in two issues, right? And I'm interested in a story yeah. and these characters. And I just feel like a lot of that stuff is distracting, at least from my uh, reading style. And um, I don't know. I really, I, you, if I'm going to be hundred percent honest, I stopped reading this halfway through um, kind of uh, there was like, what was it? There was like this, 
it was after the drink menu part, and there was like a new kind of. It was. It, I seriously think it was like an ad or something like that, or a map, or something. I think that was the one where I was like, "All right, I can't do this." Um, did you like it? The, so the map at the beginning of the book, right when you open it, turn the page, it's there. The map of the island that you're on. I thought, oh, that's really cool. That that interests me. And then I turned the page, and we got to uh, what are quote unquote mermaid teeth, and all they were were shark teeth. Like, I mean, they're literally shark teeth, and that bothered me. I thought you, if you're you're going to spend the time to make this lore, I want you to find different teeth, make them different, make them look whatever you want. But why would you use legitimate shark teeth, and then call them mermaid teeth? Anyway, uh, that was that bothered me. I I honestly enjoyed part of the campiness because it was campy but then realizing you've got two issues to wrap up a story and i don't even know what the hell the story is other than mermaids yeah that's what i was gonna you say it's like little, little german boy who's out looking for mermaid teeth and he's finding the holy grail that washed up and he's got uh thor's hammer showed up uh, neither of those are actually in the book but it's that rare of things he's finding that washed up on the shore but always looking for his shark teeth uh boggled my mind and then when he gets mauled by the mermaid, for the record, this book made me anxious every time I turned the page because if I saw a legitimately like realistic looking mermaid jump out at me on the page, I was gonna scream like a little girl. Uh, so, <laughs> so every time I turned the page, I was a little little worried. I mean, it did a good job of freaking me out. But living up to the title of Spy Island, this was shit. I I would give this a two, and that's why being too generous. Uh, I'm going to give it a one. I mean, and that's also because I don't, I feel like our scale is one to 10 and not zero to 10. Uh, and zero just seems like being mean for me's sake. Uh, I mean, they did certainly put a comic book out. But like you said, Alex, what's the story? I don't even know. Like her sister arrived at the end of the last <laughs> issue. Uh, and the body of the Nora, uh, not to be confused with Cora, uh, uh, that was assassinated flew up on the tide, but I don't think we get there until like a majority of this book is over. And it's like, okay, so you got two issues left, which you can still make a good story out of two issues, but it's like, do I throw my hat into being like, I'm going to read two more issues on a comic book that was really, you know, grading, uh, with the distractions. And like I said, all this stuff, like if this book, if they told me, Hey, this is 30 issues, this wouldn't have bothered me that much, but four issues, um, I just don't see it happening. And, and to take three pages, maybe two, if I'm I'm wearing correct. It was probably two, I think. But even th- more than one, more than a panel on a drink menu. Like, it was three. Never mind. I think it was three because the third one had just one drink on it. Was their special, the Mermaid Chum. Um, I just, I don't know. I it, For me, it just, for a book that, you know, is $3.99, you got 32 pages to tell a story. Uh it just felt like it was wasting time and the, the actual story is not taking four issues. And so, like I said, well, I feel like the actual story parts and the actual interaction with the characters, like those parts are good, but you're, they're selling themselves short by doing the other kind of stuff. But the, but that's the thing is that you've got even the rundown of the, or the reminding page, what do you want to call it? Recap page of telling the main character, Nora is telling us, yep, I, I'm a, I'm a spy and I banged this dude, and I killed this guy. Oh, by the way, there's mermaids. I, I mean, I, it just, 
even that kind of set me off going, okay, well, we're still on the mermaid stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it. They're on the Bermuda Triangle. Weird stuff happens. <clears throat> but there's so much focus on the mermaids and the, the Kraken ritual that in 1743, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 52 people died because the Kraken actually came up and killed them. Like, it was campy for campy's sake, and I just, that's not what I signed on for. I actually wanted this spy island to be the redemption that Maneater should have been, where it was a well-told story, and I didn't waste four issues getting just a card game or a manual or what have you. I wanted a good story that it could have had the weird stuff, but they're so focused on weird and adding in extra stuff that wasn't needed for a book, and, when now you're 50% and, done, and what's the story? And it's definitely the same kind of style as Man Eaters. It doesn't feel any kind of different. It just feels like a different setting. Um, but I will say, like, like you were saying, Alex, it's not like we came onto this book and and it was like, oh, it's about mermaids and we're wanting it to be something that it's not. It's first off sold as a spy book, that first book. Um, I don't even think in the first synopsis they mention anything about mermaids. And the covers, both the covers are kind of like a 60s spy style, and there's literally none of that, which is what I wanted from this book. Um, and, and actually, in the first one we do, we meet a lot of the different kinds of spies. Like in one scene, they kind of lay them out who they are. Um, but they really, it's really a, a book all over the place, scattered, uh, trying to be these two different genres and trying to make them one thing, and, and I don't think it works. Once again, by saying all this, I feel like um, I'm... I'm I'm sure this book works for somebody. It does not work for me. It is not what I thought it was going to be. It is, but I feel like also it was kind of misleading, but also I feel like it's doing itself a disservice because I do find the actual writing of the dialogue and the character moments, especially in the first issue. Uh, and this one, uh, uh, it was kind of hard to see through the red cause I was so fucking mad at those ads. Um, <laughs> I wasn't that mad, but uh, I was kind of disinterested and kind of like, Oh, okay, whatever. Um, but, uh, and even in like a man eaters, I felt like when it told us the story and it was focused on the story, it was good. We enjoyed it. And I just feel like instead of being meta, instead of trying to like poke fun at what you are writing, first make us believe in it. And then maybe you can poke fun at it because like even like a book like sex criminals, I'm at fraction and cheap Sadarsky, right? Is meta at times, but is not meta for majority of the issue. And then at that point, you're just basically being like, oh, look, look at here. We're all having fun with how stupid this is. And it's like, no, you also have to believe in what you're trying to tell me. <clears throat> believe in what you're trying to tell me and do meta jokes about, you know, cliches of that genre or cliches about certain things about, you know, uh, within that book or even like make commentary about something in that world. You don't need to make fun or make, like you said, Alex, make it cheesy uh, and campy about something when you haven't even established, like, what, what am I, if it's campy, right, it, it's making a commentary on something. It's campy for a reason. And this has not established enough for it to be campy uh, in that way. So kind of like, here's, and I, and I know this is way longer than I intended to be, but Batman 66 is a campy version of Batman, but it was campy to be like, isn't it ridiculous that a man dress, dresses up in a bat suit and fights all these villains, the Penguin, Catwoman, and it it was aware of its campiness, and it was making jokes, but it also 
tried to tell a story within the time that it had and tried to be entertaining during those minutes. It wasn't just all like, hey, isn't this weird? And I feel like that's what these book, these two issues were. It was like, hey, isn't this weird? And it's like, yeah, but what is going on? And I don't know. So You know, that's exactly why I dropped Maneaters and why I didn't jump on this book. Because like I, I saw the cover and I was like, oh, this comic looks good. Then I saw it was four issues, and then I saw it was Chelsea Kane, and I'm just like, you know, within eight issues, like I didn't even make it past it. I didn't even get issue eight because there was three supplemental comic issues within that eight issues out of 12. And I'm like, holy good God. And one of them was legitimately just a board game that you could pop out. I'm like, this is crazy. And, you know, you know how she got asked to write Vision yeah. Uh, a long time ago. I can maybe see why that she didn't get that job. I mean, if, I, I don't know if we're going to go that far. I don't know if go that far, but like... Like I said, I enjoy when she's actually doing a story. Pages, three pages of a menu? Like, are you kidding me? Here's the thing. Here's what That's I'm gonna, offensive. But it, but it did make me want to try those drinks. <laughs> the chum, too? You want to try the chum? Maybe not the chum, because there was fish in that one. I'm like, eh, I'm okay. I will say, it did kind of gross me out, that chum. So I might be part of the reason I like those ads. But uh, um, let's say this, and this is the last thing I'm going to say in this book, and then we can move on to um, the next books. But uh, Lazarus is a book that we all enjoy. And Lazarus has a game coming out, uh, 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 like a D&D type game. Uh, like you can play with uh, your friends. And Rick Remender, yeah, no Rick Remender, Greg Rucka is working a lot to make it an actual legit game. But he is not going to feel an issue with that game. And if he did at this point, guess what? Lazarus has established the story. And if it's a one-off thing, it's a one-off thing. But it's weird to be like, let's play with this world. And it's like, dude, it's issue two. <clears throat> like, uh, how about you tell me what, what's going on here first? Like, when your sister shows up, and it might have happened in this issue, but like I said, once again, blinded by rage. Uh, uh, very, um, uh, not a rage. <laughs> we'll say uh, a minimal rage. But her sister shows up in the last issue, and she seems like it's a problem. And for what I could tell, not really that big of a deal. So uh, they seem fine to me. So, You know, the only campy thing that Lazarus would do would actually literally put the game in the book and the characters are playing it. That would be the Easter egg that would be done. I couldn't imagine Greg Rucker would ever make an issue. I know you're just making it, for instance, if it were to happen. Yeah, and he puts it at the but end. But even if you wanted to be campy, it it's would just be, hey, we're playing the game in the book. It's supplemental. All right, whatever. Move on. Uh, Batman 100. Jorge Jimenez and uh, um, whoa, come on, James Tenney the fourth. I just I'm looking at DCComics.com for the uh, the credits, and it shows Jorge Jimenez under art, but it says written by, and it's fucking blank. Hmm. <laughs> but I know it's James Tenney the fourth. Anyways, conclusion of the Joker War. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, 100 issues of Batman? Um, I will say up front, it was a little bit more uh, than normal, but the page count was 56 instead of 32 which i enjoy that they made it longer um uh, for the price um but i also did like that it's a anniversary issue and i said in quotations marvel um it's an anniversary issue and it is not used for just whatever to fill pages it actually is 56 pages of this story uh so on that and it does say like short stories at the end, but I feel like they were actually part of the same story. They're more like after credit things um, than other stories. So what do you guys think of this? Batman 100. 
Uh, I loved it. I mean, this like roller coaster of the Joker War, you know, when James Tinney the Fourth first started his run, we were all like, man, this is not the Batman we were expecting. But all the things that he set up to give us this Joker War arc uh, was fantastic. And I thought this was a great conclusion. And uh, it really took a lot of the characters that uh, we know and love in the Bat family and kind of like just give us some of the best versions of them. Like Dick Grayson being like, Seeing that smile of Dick Grayson, which you haven't seen in forever how long, I was just like, holy shit, like, that's Dick Grayson. Like, I haven't seen Dick Grayson like that. And forever, maybe since that, I guess, you know, that Bendis uh, short story in the, what was that part of, I can't remember. 1027. Yeah, 1027. But, you know, if we had not seen that, I mean, this would have been the first time we've seen, like, Dick Grayson being Dick Grayson in a long time. Uh, I thought all the other characters involved as well. Um, you know, Batgirl is Oracle. And uh, I think one of the biggest standing ovations should go to Harley Quinn. Like this issue made me go, wow, Harley Quinn. Like this was probably the best, one of the best iterations of Harley Quinn that I've read in a long time. Um, and especially at the end there, I was like, I would read that Harley Quinn. Like I'd be in- invested in that Harley Quinn from that story. Um but yeah, I mean, Batman, sorry, my last bit, and I'll let you go, Alice. I think, no, like, no, I, I think for Batman, like, to go through what he did and come through on the other side, you know, I think a uh, hundred issues of getting the shit beat out of him, and I know it's been two different writers in this hundred issue story, but man, when you got done with that issue, I was just like, you gotta take a day off, bro. Like, this is, this has been a lot. I feel like I'm the other side of the coin. I, of the Joker war issues, this is the weakest one for me. We spent the last four or five issues building up to something so spectacular. And the first half of the book was really good. When the, the family starts showing up and they're beating the shit out of everybody and they get to punchline and they take her out. And when Batman is fighting the Joker and is honestly getting the tar kicked out of him, I really loved and then Harley shows up, and she's a great character in the book, but when she shoots Joker in the face, and Joker's still standing in the effort, okay, I'm sorry, if I get shot in the eye at point-blank range, I'm pretty sure I'm dead. And I had talked to Garrett before the show, and I, I already know the rules. You can't kill Joker off. This is a, a, a pivotal character in comic books, and not just in Batman, but in the DC lore. Uh, to kill him off with a headshot just it, it does him no justice. Okay, so I, I forgave that, uh, whatever. Uh, and then when she straps him to a, a pole and it's going to blow the shit out of him, and Bruce decides not to save him, and I was like, oh my God, okay. He's, he's pulling the Batman Begins. I don't have to save you thing. Cool. Respect. But when he says that out loud and goes, hey, by the way, uh, you've got my suit. Great. Did you find all the, the hacking shit in it and lock picks and all that crap? And Joker's like, well, I never saw those things, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves and blows up. And the next morning when I wake up and they find out, oh, yeah, he picked the lock. There's no remains. There's no blah. I was pissed. Like, this is my rage. You made no promises. And everything that you could have done, even if you did it subtly, was not there. What a letdown. The the epilogues were fine. I don't care for the Joker one because that bothered me. He should be 
at least be gone. He don't have to be dead, but at least he needs to go somewhere else. Um, I just it wasn't what I wanted. I don't think that it Joker, did not. I don't think anything. I don't think that Joker showing up at the end was like, hey, he's still going to be around next issue. I think it was more like he's still alive, but he's going to go away for a little bit. Because even it doesn't even say like I got to go away and come back later. So he's going on a little vacation. Yeah. So he could be gotten radiation. No, and I'm not saying I'm not saying he's coming back right away. I'm just yeah. saying that he's still around. Um, I will say in terms of the main story, I feel like the Joker part in a way I'm like I don't I don't think I expected them to kill the Joker. He obviously lost the fucking eye, which first off, shouldn't that kill you? But anyways, well, let's not talk about that. That's like being shit, right? Being got shot in the head. Now Joker got shot in the head. Who our heads not death kills in the DC universe. Um <laughs> I do think it was cool that he lost an eye. And I will agree with Garrett. I do like Carly in this uh, series and this ending uh, that she finally got, like she shot Joker just to stop him, but wasn't going to kill him. She was like, Batman, you do it. Uh, or like, if you don't, I will, I'll do it. And still was giving him that chance. And then, you know, the bomb thing happened. Um, in terms of the main story, I did like a couple things here. I did like Batman deciding finally. And I think I talked about this. I don't need the fucking brooding Batman all the time finally deciding like i'm gonna try something different and try to get over that and he really does use his team in this book um even so much that at the end he's like i was delaying fighting the joker like i was taking an ass beating to wait for them to get here and that's not like batman bruce wayne he wanted wanted to do it by himself and he finally understands the meaning or at least the advantage he has by having a whole family like that and it might come from joker having all those clowns and he see what he could accomplish with everybody and seeing that even though the Joker uh, used it for the wrong reasons that Batman, like his great, greatest tools that he has is that he has so many different kinds of allies and he can use them. Um, but I will also say that I feel like it didn't come also from just seeing the advantages of it. I do feel like he actually finally realized that, he has the support system and he needs to start using it that he doesn't need to be angry all the time. And he's going to move forward with that. Uh, because in the, one of the backup stories, uh, with the clown hunter, he does say that there, he goes, normally I would try to scare you into, uh, doing the right thing, but I'm actually going to give you a chance and want to work with you, uh, instead. Um, so I'm excited to see where that Batman goes. I'm excited to see a less brooding Batman and one that actually wants to, have a good life uh, with his family, uh, especially now that his uh, Alfred uh, zombie uh, father uh, is dead, dead. Well, I guess he's he was dead before, but he was just, I don't know. Well, like I said, he's I, just taking a sleep. I, I still don't get what the fuck that, how that uh, Joker talks and brought him back to life. But um, uh, in terms of the backup stories, um, oh, but I will agree with, with Alex, like the Joker thing kind of like, I feel like, Especially the way that they set it up, which is what they always do. And nothing will be ever the same again. And then I feel like Joker getting away was kind of like a little bit of a cop out. But then again, what are you going to do? I thought it was funny what happened uh, that he had was smart enough to like actually show that the Joker's not just crazy for crazy sake, that he's actually smart too. And he took all the uh, lockpicking tools. So that was fine. But the Ghost Maker backup story, uh, not much to it. I uh, actually really don't like how the ghost maker looks. It kind of looks just like Arkham Knight, um, which I was, when I was reading, I was like, was that James Tinian? And I was like, it was, wasn't it? No. Was it? Uh, that was in Detective. That, that was, was Peter Tomasi. 
Um, it feels like it's they look the same or it looks very similar. They're very similar to like kind of like Batman, not really, and like have swords and stuff. So we'll see where that goes. That doesn't really interest me enough to be like, oh, I got to stay on this book. I am going to stay on the book, but um, I hope hope they can make that interesting because the character itself, the way that it looks, doesn't look interesting. Um, I'll say I, I liked Ghostmaker. I thought he looked neat. Uh, Clown Hunter. I feel like that conclusion of that story was also a little weak, mainly because I think I built it in my head that it was Damien and that he, you know, got rid of the uh, Robin uh, mantle and took on uh, this Clown Hunter one. We just get introduced to just like a random person. Um, which we'll see where it goes. Uh, just like we were talking about before the show started, Duke went uh, and became a new signal, became a signal, and became a member of the Bat family. So maybe that happens with Clown Hunter, um, and something will go on with that. I do like the look of Clown Hunter as opposite of Gotham. Uh, excuse me, Ghostmaker. So, um, but overall, I feel like I enjoy this issue. Uh, I feel like even though I'll. Uh, I'm, I feel like I should agree with Alex that this one was my least favorite out of all of them, but I do feel like it still was strong for me. Um, and maybe I just I enjoyed the overall arc more than Alex, but um, I, I don't feel like it was a letdown, but it definitely felt like it could have been stronger a little bit. But mainly, uh, the art's fantastic, by the way. By the way, also, Jorge Jimenez, I can ask you a question. There were like two panels that look exactly like Raphael Albuquerque, and I want to know if... Jorge Mendes is trying a new style because it looked kind of it looked kind of like Raphael. And I, for a second, I was like, "Wait a second, they get a new artist just for the last issue of this arc?" But it was like, "No, it's Jorge." Um, and so uh, it was a little more uh, Albuquerque style, but I still enjoyed it. By the way, I feel like the fifty-six pages was definitely needed for, to tell the rest of the story uh, because it kind of added this. And I knew since I knew there were short stories in the back, I just didn't know how many. And so I really didn't know when it was going to end, right? And I feel like normally with 32, you can kind of get the pacing down. You kind of get used to how many pages you have. Uh, so with the 56, which isn't really a normal count, even for uh, anniversary issues or milestones like this, uh, it kind of actually helped with the pacing because I didn't know when it was going to end. And so when we got to the conclusion and we got to like the after credit short story things, I still was like, oh, is this the last one? Is this the last one? And then I was like, okay. So actually, in that in that sense, it did was surprising to me when it did end, uh, mainly because I wasn't I didn't know what to expect from it. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm looking back to one of the scenes that kind of gave me like good chills was when Batman's talking to Harley in the hospital bed and like Batman's like joking with her and you see him smile too. I'm just like, there's something about a Batman or like one of the Bat family like smiling that you're just like this brooding family has had terrible things happen to them in their 80 odd years of things going on. Uh, it, it does kind of give me a sense of like what's coming next is yeah, maybe a more positive Batman. That's like, Hey, I just going to try and do good and, you know, try to let all the bad things that uh, befell me uh, just not really define me. And you know, the one thing I will call it that I was just like, why? is and i get it but like sort of when catwoman showed up for like one panel i was like go get them bat or like, they took uh, care of they'd still back the money i'm I, in my head i was like they must have did that in catwoman the actual catwoman book because it didn't yeah. happen last issue but then again it didn't do any editor's notes saying hey it's in this issue so i just had to assume that they just didn't skip over that story <laughs> yeah i think that was really out of place i think that's along with like the penguin and the riddler like that little whatever side story. and I'm <laughs> I will say like, that. That never paid off in this main book. They should have just kept it out of this. 
yeah, should have just been its own thing. So they could. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a ten. Like, oh, and I'm looking at the first. I'm just looking through the book right now. That first page with Bullock when he like turns in his badge because the mayor's like, "Hey, man, we gotta back off because these, uh, you know, clowns own the city." And Bullock's like, "Fuck it, I'll quit. I'm still gonna protect Gotham." Like, I love that scene uh, in the comic that Nightwing shows up. Like, that was a great beginning to this issue. I did like that too. I'm gonna give it an eight. I'm going to 10. I really enjoyed it, so I'm, I'm excited for 101 and what's coming next. Mm, I'm going to give it a 4. Oh, Damn. Jesus Christ. This, this man. Is way, this is way below where I thought it should have been. And I had I didn't have any, like, even Ghost, Ghost Mate or uh, Clown Killer or whatever his face was. His story was fine, but it just wasn't enough to... No, this wasn't what I wanted at all. Did you just call him? Did go- you want? I just there. I I went into it expecting there to be some kind of he finite wanted, story. He wanted. I want blood. He wanted Joker to die. Hmm. I'm just kidding. I don't know what he wanted. Um, I, don't, I didn't. I, I knew Joker was never going to die, but at least there's got to be some kind of stakes at heart. Yeah, right. Uh, I bet he's going to find that thing. Blah blah blah, and find it. Bullshit. Well, what if Joker died and that guy at the end was actually Alfred? I would fucking love this book then. <laughs> one, he kept that head up nice. That hood, no one has to wear the hood because he's always looking up the whole time. He was... Well, there is a issue of whatever happened in the Caped Crusader when uh, a long time ago when mm. Batman actually got sent back in time, but people thought he was dead. And there was this weird kind of like dreamy sequence of Alfred actually being the Joker and cause he's an, you know, he was an actor and so he's the one that puts on the makeup and whatnot. Um, I will, I will actually say, so you remember that, that part, um, with punchline and she's on TV and she's like kind of telling something and Joker goes, uh, she's following the plan. Like he knows that she's still following it. So I feel like instead of being a conclusion, this is more like a setup for what he's actually planning. And so, for that reason, I feel like I'm not as disappointed. But then again, I don't feel like I'm disappointed at all. I, I, I feel like it's definitely not as strong an ending as I, I thought it would be, which is hard to nail an ending when we know that. We've talked about it multiple times on the show. But I feel like it's not really an ending. It's more like it to be continued. So, uh, I am excited to see what else uh, James Tinian does, though. I think he's really proven himself to turn this run into something fun. Uh, we didn't enjoy the first thing that he did, but it felt more like uh, wrapping up uh, storylines and this was really his first arc in this book uh, by himself and doing what he wanted to do and I feel like uh, he really went for it and it, it felt good I mean it's also good to have Jorge do the art which is fantastic uh, so I'm excited even though like the like I said the ghost maker doesn't excite me the clown hunter really doesn't excite me I'm still on board just because of this team so we'll see but do you think clown hunter's bat is going to be a match for Negan's bat for Lucille, because that looks bitching. I thought it was a uh, pickaxe almost. Well, it's a battering taped to a baseball bat. Hmm. That's nice. Uh, Legends. You guys are going to talk about Legend of the Swamp Thing, Halloween Spectacular number one. Uh, yeah. He, here's the thing, though. I'm not sure if this is accurate because it says Tom King's a writer. I'm not sure that's not right. Uh, uh, he wrote a story in it. Oh, he did? Did he? Mm-hmm. I believe so. I didn't think that's he did. Bag. 
Well, let me see the rest of these first because I know they're in there. Philip Kennedy Johnson, Ramvi, Colin Bunn, Julian Latell, Vita Alaya, uh, Emma Rios, Christian Ward, Mike Perkins on art, John Timms, uh, and maybe Tom King. We'll see. Hmm. Um, there you go. Legend of the Swamp Thing. What do you guys think? So, talking about like something different than you were expecting, uh, that's what I thought this was. Um, I was expecting more Swamp Thing um, and more stories of like, you know, maybe some more Al Holland and like, I don't know, more about the character and like his interaction with the green being kind of the source of the scary in this. And, you know, besides the first and last part, which is a story of like Swamp Thing saving a child um, that was kind of stolen by a willow tree when this boy was young and then having the boy return to the green at the end of his life, which was a really powerful story. Um, I thought everything in between, like doing, basically they tell all the short stories in the form of a flashback almost that Swamp Thing's telling the willow after he saves the boy. Um, Loosely, very loosely. And, you know, it goes from, this modern day kind of scary story to like Julius Caesar. (laughs) So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, Julius Caesar, like, wow, that's kind of a stretch with Swamp Thing. And I mean, they still told the story they wanted to. It wasn't really scary. It was more like, it was cool seeing Swamp Thing in some battle armor though, but it didn't really make sense uh, for what he endures in life. So, so the way I, the first and the last were amazing. Like it was a nice mm-hmm. story. It really was kind of scary because that that weeping willow has actually killed multiple kids or has tried to protect multiple kids, and actually their fear uh, went into her roots. As they died, she absorbed them and she became afraid, and that's why Swamp Thing talks her out of keeping the boy and goes, you know, all the kids that you've you've tried to help, you've ended up killing, but their fear has become yours. Uh, that whole first and last were amazing. The only one that is actually memorable when I think of in the middle was the, and I can't even remember it right now. And I'm just thinking of it. Is it, the, is it the soldier one where yes, he's carrying yes, that's the one. He's in Japan. Yeah. Yep. That, that one was, was good. Amazing. Where yeah. the, the Japanese soldier has lost all of his friends. They died in other places or actually on the Island with them. And he starts talking to, uh, Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing is living in the shoe with dirt and he's you know saying hey you know the war is over you can go home uh, you know Japan or the Emperor surrendered already and the soldiers like no the Emperor would never surrender uh, we need and this is set in World War Two or 1945 and it goes into like what 20 30 years whatever it is and the soldier finally I don't want to say flips his lid but shoots out a, a flare gun and burns himself to death. And you see Swamp Thing comes out of the ground and he goes, I've, I've spent the last you know 40 years talking to him, trying to get him to understand that the war is over and it is over now for him. Unfortunately, he went out in a burning glory. And I mean, it was, it was really strong. It was really good to see how dedicated that soldier was to holding his honor because that's all this was for him was the honor of either I die in battle or I win. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I like the idea of the story after that, where it's kind of like Swamp Things and Island, but hated all the narration and exposition explaining the Swamp Thing Island. Like, basically, there's these explorers that go to Swamp Thing. They go to this island that just happens to be Swamp Thing, and there's one boy that kind of notices, like, weird things like the green or like the earth is like absorbing bodies and enriching the soil and whatever. And eventually everyone's starting to die off. And the book ends with this boy climbing a tree and becoming a tree, uh, on Swamp Thing Island. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like the art looked great. Um, but also kind of a weird story. So, you know, there was only five stories in this and the middle one is very similar to the main story that's in the beginning and the end where, you know, there's a body being kept by a entity of the green or by like, it's not by a will this time. It's literally by swamp thing protecting this girl's sister from a man who like, what we assume probably sexually assaulted her, you know, abuses her so on and so forth. Kidnapped her is what I have at least assumed she's been kidnapped and lives in his house. Right. Was kept captive in his house. Yep. So, and basically by the end, they replaced the guy with the girl and boom. Live, well, and that, that one was, that one I, I wasn't, I didn't follow at first because I thought that the girl that was running, I actually thought was the sister. And then it was to find out that she's the one telling the story and she gets to the house with the guy and goes to fight him while Turns out that Swamp Thing had, she had already prayed to Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing followed her to the house or, you know, vined his way there and he kills the guy for her and says, you know, this, you will become part of the green now and set the girl free. So every year they go back to visit and to pray, to pay back the, the loving choice that Swamp Thing made for them was to save her. And, it, and, like, it was a good story. But, like you said, this was not the Halloween special I thought it was going to be. I actually expected it to be more of Swamp Thing fighting monsters and it, it being more frightening. And mm. not that some of those stories aren't scary in themselves. Going to a weird island and then dying is horrible. <clears throat> yeah, and then the last story, you know, is a continuation of the story we got in the beginning of the boy who was taken by the wheel is now an old man. And it was pretty cool to see what he's Basically, they do these kind of scenes that roll into other scenes. I don't know who this artist is, but it, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it looks beautiful. And it's kind of doing like flashback sequences throughout this boy's entire life from when Swamp Thing saved him to when he meets whoever this new Swamp Thing is. There's a Swamp Thing, basically, a new Swamp Thing, and he's trying to figure out what he is. And by time that this old man who was saved by swamp the another swamp thing in his youth like he starts to remember who this guy is and swamp thing says his name and he's like i don't have all my memories but uh i do remember you and then the old man passes away and so it's pretty crazy like that i i don't know i wish that beginning and ending were almost like told at the same time but it gives it some space to kind of flesh out that story but so yeah, as a Halloween spectacular, not really all there, but as a basically like a Swamp Thing annual, I would give it like a seven. Like there were some parts I enjoyed and the art was pretty great, but there were some other story like that Julius Caesar story. Besides seeing Swamp Thing in giant Swamp Thing armor, not a great, not great. 
I'd give it a six. I mean, it was good. There was things that were me- I mean, memorable enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. But I also probably wouldn't be telling, hey, you guys need to read this. This is the best Swamp thing I've ever seen. So take it or leave it. I don't think you necessarily need to read it. But if you're looking for something to read about the Swamp, that's that's what I'd go for. There you go. The uh, Avatar of the Green Runner, Roots of the Swamp Thing.com, your definitive source for all things swampy, the uh, any kind. You know, I saw Alan Moore is putting out a movie. He directed a movie. He's putting it out. I tried to watch the trailer. But the uh, beginning of the trailer, at least the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The first part of it uh, is just Alan Moore talking to the screen. And I was like, I turned it off. Uh, <laughs> not that I don't like Alan Moore, but at some point you got to realize he's a little full of himself. So um, not that he doesn't, like I like his material, but, you know, take it a little easy there. Um, roots of the Swamp Thing.com to finish source for all things Swamp Thing. So uh, Swamp Thing. You put them out there, and uh, like I said, I think actually the CW, it's on the CW. I think it just started the same week that that came out. Uh, I I say that, and I don't know if that's true, uh, but <clears throat> when I was trying to find the credits for this uh, comic, uh, that came up saying uh, now on the CW, so uh, I, think, I think I'm right. Yep. Yep, the first uh, episode came out October 6th, and they're, so they're going to do one each week, obviously, through all 10 episodes, and if there are enough people watch it, maybe a season two will come out. And uh, yeah. they recently made the decision. We didn't talk about this on the show. And Alex, maybe I didn't even know that you probably saw this when we talked about it in our group text. But um, they decided DC Universe no longer going to have uh, content that's not comic books. And that will be comic book only related. Uh, kind of like uh, Marvel Unlimited. They're going to add way more comics to it, which is good. Because if you're going to have that service. Which is actually, I think, is what we were saying when it originally came out. It's like... You should have more stuff on here. But I think because it had movies and TV shows on it, they felt like they didn't need to have that to sell it. Uh, and now since that's all it's going to be, I think they were like, let's put more into this. So sounds like they're going to put everything on there. And and there's gonna, and it's going to be everything up to the last six months won't be on there. It'll be like a six-month time limit, and then it goes up there. So uh, all the DC Universe content that used to be like the originals that they were putting out and all the movies like Superman the movie, Batman the movie, all that stuff is going to HBO Max instead. So the Green Lantern show, Doom Patrol, Harley, and uh, I think, are those the only ones right now? Titans. I, I thought, didn't Titans get canceled? I didn't see it get canceled, but maybe it did. No, oh, I think it I think it did. I don't know. But the uh, aforementioned Swamp thing, if it does come back, it definitely has uh, a better home. Uh, I think HBO would be a perfect place for it. So uh, before we go here, Alex uh, and Garrett, you can listen. Um, I don't know why I just said Alex. Uh, but uh, before we go here, guys, uh, while you guys are talking, because Garrett said he could not hear it, uh, I downloaded that voicemail and turned up the uh, audio. I made it louder, so I just want to listen to it one more time with the audio up so maybe you can hear it, Garrett. Here you go. What happened? Play. What's going on here? What's going on? Play. Hold on a second here. For some reason, it won't play. This is not a bit. It just, I click, I'm clicking play, and it's just like sitting here. It crossed uh, the sound barrier and it's it's bouncing back. Desktop. Oh, here it is. Here we go. Hey, this this is uh, for Wednesday Comics. Um, 
This is my name is Theodore. I'm calling because I heard you want some money. You're gonna brand Derek. Well, I got left a lot of money in a trust, and so I can only use it to make people's lives better. And so, and I, and and so, I'm gonna give it to you. So I'm gonna donate later, but. Can you make sure to record it? That's all. There you go. Theodore. Okay, wait. Now you played it louder. That sounds a lot like you, Marvin, doing a bit. It does it sound like me? It does sound yeah. like you. Hmm. Once you played it louder, I was like, that's got to be Marvin. Well, who knows? I mean, we'll hear more from Theodore, I assume. Uh, I, did, <laughs> oh I, did check, I did check the uh, donations, and uh, uh, the money's not in there yet, so we'll have to see when Theodore's <laughs> going to drop that, so... Uh, Wednesday comics 605 at gmail.com that's the website nope no it isn't that's the email address uh, Wednesday comics is the website wednesdaycomics.com go there to subscribe to the show uh, Spotify uh, Stitcher Radio uh, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts and many more uh, one of them actually is TuneIn Radio which uh, today Apple announced some new uh, uh, items one of them is the HomePod Mini and uh, you can actually say hey play this podcast and it plays uh, so he's like, all right, let me play it. And one of them was TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts. And so uh, uh, I, I think you can do that now. Um, but you can now do that uh, in the any room you want to in your house. Uh, not, an, uh, not an ad for Apple, but I just found it interesting because I was one of the people that provides our podcast. So uh, 605-215-1849. If you want to call us, just like Tom, Sergeant America, and Theodore did, uh, we will uh, play them now. It's uh, set up to uh, send me an email, so I will not miss them ever again. Uh, I, I believe I had it set up that way prior, but at some point I must I must have shut it off. I don't know why. Uh, or maybe they updated something and it just got turned off, but who knows. Uh, you can also go to anchor, uh, excuse me, WednesdayComics.com. When you go there, there's a little plus message button. When you click that, actually, we'll send us directly a voice message from the app, and we can play it that way. Or if you want to visit uh, our merch page, go to WednesdayComics.com. There's a little merch. Uh, or excuse me, it says website, but it'll bring you to our merch page. Uh, right now, actually, for a limited time, go to our uh, merch page. Uh, T-shirts are on sale, $13. That's a little one three. You know, 13 day today. I figured uh, $13. There you go. Which is a $7 savings, I believe. Like, normally, they're like 20 25 bucks. So it's not bad for a T-shirt. And you know what I will say? Uh, my wife was wearing the the Wednesday Comics hoodie today. It's not just a bad shirt. Like I know, I, here's the thing: when I was making that logo, I know a lot of times you get like, I don't like wearing material that's like too obvious what you're wearing. It does say Wednesday Comics podcast, but it also is like just a very simple design, and I uh, you can just wear it out. And people are like, oh okay. I actually got a mask with Wednesday Comics podcast on it, and uh, uh, it. People just go, oh, that looks cool. Like it's not really. If you feel like you're gonna, you don't want to wear something too uh, distracting out there. It's, it's. I think it's nice. It's a nice color scheme. Everything about it. But by the way, also, I don't know you guys. I know you guys uh, got the shirts. Uh, nice material. I feel like a very nice material. It's one of my favorite shirts to wear. Uh, just yeah, not even in terms comfy. of the logo. I feel like the the material, nice material. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, definitely feels like an American apparel. Uh, nice cotton blend. I'm sure. I'm assuming polyester, uh, but it feels nice. So cotton polyester. Uh, we have a book club, Garrett. Uh, Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents 
Invincible Volume 1, Family Matters, uh, written by Robert Kirkman with art by Corey Walker. And to follow up from last week, I did find out that uh, in the second volume between issues 5 and 8, uh, Corey Walker transitions into Ryan Otley as the artist. So um, so it's Corey Walker to start, and then eventually uh, Ryan Otley takes over. Which actually, uh, after the show last week, uh, Amazon put out a trailer for their Invisible show that'll be coming out pretty soon on Amazon Prime. Uh, and it looks like they're kind of mimicking the Ryan Otley art, which I think they should because he plays his majority of the art for the series. And so uh, nice little tie in there, Garrett. Uh, I know, I had a premonition, and I just didn't know it. <laughs> uh, so uh, it actually looks very nice, uh, the animation, and so I'm looking forward to... I believe I read this once a long time ago because I gave it to your brother. I like uh, I read it, and then like uh, four months later for Christmas, I was like, hey, I think Corey would enjoy this. It reminds me a lot of Ultimate kind of Spider-Man style. Um, and so uh, I'm looking forward to rereading it again now. Uh, it's been a few years, so... Um, you see how that goes uh, before the series here starts. Uh, remember our sponsors, RainbowComicsAndCards.com and RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. It's your definitive source for all things uh, Swamp Thing. I also want to mention, um, <clears throat> I know these are uh, two things that you already heard ads for at the beginning, but BattleReady.org and uh, Anchor.fm, there are also uh, two sponsors that help bring the show to you. And uh, I would recommend checking those out, no matter uh, one of them, just to be informed of your choices for the election. And then the other one uh, is Anchor.fm, the service that we use. So in case something that you want to do something like this and want to kind of want to get into the game, you know, everybody has a fair chance here. Uh, get the word out there. Get your joy out there. Uh, similar to like how Tom does a comic book look. I know Sergeant America does his own YouTube videos on there. Uh, it, you know, put out content out there. You know, the world needs a little bit of joy in their ears, which sounds kind of weird, but um, <laughs> Anchor.fm. <laughs> That's your new tagline, Anchor.fm. And you can, uh, you don't have to pay me money. You can just pay as an ad revenue every time you use it. Uh, Anchor.fm, a little joy in your ears. <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, good show this uh, week, boys. I don't think I'm missing anything for the end here. It does feel like I'm missing something, though. Uh, but I don't think I am. Uh, look forward to Theodore uh, donating that money. Uh, I will follow up with him. Uh, I do have his number, uh, and I will follow up with him to see uh, where that money is because I do need to brand Garrett at least before he goes to Wisconsin. So, um, <laughs> <clears throat> and who? Like I said, if you take off Garrett and you're gone. And we're not able to do that. Alex is asking me to. What was it, Alex? What are we gonna do? I'm not gonna tell you again. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I. You know what? I will smack this show. It happened within the show, and I will find it. So, uh, there we go for Wednesday comics. I've been Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey everyone, stay safe and keep turning those pages. <laughs>